Hey, this is Rama West from Milldale Farm, and I'm here to be on Zen Mama and Everyday Guru. Thank you for having me, Mary. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am um, really so grateful to be here today with my guest and with all of you, and you keep showing up too. Uh, the podcast and to build this community, which is what this um, beautiful soul that's on today with me is doing. He's building an incredible community at Mildale Farm and in the work that he's doing in the world. So um, I, I'm really excited to have this conversation. I don't know him super well. I know from going up to different, I was just at the Be True Yoga Festival at his property that we'll talk about. And I've been up to some retreats there and I just see that he's doing amazing work. Um, so welcome uh, Rama West, so nice to have you here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. This is such an honor and how cool. <laughs> yeah, how cool to have a conversation with some you know, like-minded souls that are trying to live an awakened life. I think we can both say we're trying to do that, <laughs> whatever that means. Um, to, absolutely. Yeah. So um, we were just talking before we got on, like we wear many hats, right? And we, I know you mostly from the work that you do in offering retreat space and people to come and heal, um, to hold community together, to do yoga together through whatever lens that means to whomever wants to take a moment to ponder on that. But it seems to me that in the short time that I've been coming up there, which is off and on over the last three years, I just continue to see things grow, which we'll dive into a little bit deeper. But also you you are a mental health counselor, right? Yeah. I'm you have quite a few initials after your name. So maybe you can like <laughs> just say what those things are if you'd like to share that. It's our, it's all alphabet soup, right? It's the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm a licensed mental health counselor, a licensed drug and alcohol counselor in the state of Vermont. And uh, I'm a advanced 500 hour trained yoga instructor. I'm also a EMDR therapist um, and, uh, you know, spiritually qualified. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. As we all are, as long as we right. <laughs> find our way to that, for sure. I like well, you have um, on your website that you have solution-focused therapy. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a modality um, that uh, I've studied in, in in graduate school and uh, uh, amongst the other eclectic styles that I, I follow helping people in therapy and counseling. Yeah. Um, it looks like yeah. you have qu quite a variety of approaches. Yeah, I do. I think I'm most closely um, fond of EMDR therapy. Yeah, I think I enjoy use, utilizing as a tool, um, and then um, really just being very client-centered and integrating yoga philosophy in a tangible way um, mm -hmm. and a tangible language to clients. Um, in particular, looking at uh, the work that we've discovered uh, in the field of psychology and neuroscience and polyvagal theory and how we integrate the body in regulation so that we can access the higher consciousness or better knowing uh, of our mind. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, I think that's really more of where I've gone. But for sure, a solution focus is a helpful uh, component along with IFS therapy and other modalities. Um, I keep on seeing myself coming more and more into the pillars of wellness as something that I lecture on. And um, I find that to be really a foundation for us to be more resilient to deal with the mind mm-hmm. and maybe have less of a need to rely on a therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like really um, seeing clients uh, become independent in their, um, in their journey to health and managing mental health. Um, been reliant on a, on a client, which is, uh, I see a lot of, in the past, other um, therapeutic approaches tend to keep the client returning on a constant basis. And I, I like seeing folks um, kind of becoming independent and being able to manage their mental health. Yeah. Uh, in a way. Yeah. I like that. It's like, um, I do some global health work in Africa. And we always say that it's our, our goal is to put ourselves out of business everywhere we go, right? By giving people, <laughs> teaching them to fish, right? That's the whole goal, yeah. Yeah. I don't see folks for a long period of time. I have um, clients that return that I've been seeing for many years, uh, but we see each other for a short amount of time. We focus yeah. on whatever trauma it is that we're working on or target. And we tend to get to a place where we clear that out and then uh, you know, I'll hear from them in the future if they run into other targets or often it's, uh, just a awesome progress, uh, experience that we get to celebrate. And when we, when we chat next, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, because it comes in layers, right. And we unpeel something and then we can maybe dive into that and then we can go along for a while and life brings us whatever next evolution we're supposed to choose, whether we embrace or not. Right. And so, yeah, so our, our life unfolds as a story. It's this integration process and we'll keep on getting more and more information as we go along each chapter that we, we close. Then there's some new arrival of information or something uh, you're able to reflect back on the past then in a different way because our perceptions are changing. And so mm-hmm. I, I often will, will see that, that evolution and growth in, in, in this therapy and, and then be able yeah. to, you know, come back to stuff and really reflect on, wow, we've come a long way and look at that. And remember when I first met you? Oh, I couldn't think like that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice to be able to share with people that sometimes the things we can't see in ourselves for sure. I know sometimes I read over like old journal entries and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was talking about that then, you know, (laughs) but I guess every uh, interface we have with that, we've changed. And hopefully they say like, you don't go quite as far down each time (laughs) before you catch it. I've really noticed that with a lot of the Western psychiatric heavy um, uh, uh, psychology approach, that it is a long-term maintenance process. It's very much promoted that we're gonna um, stay, keep coming back um, um, mm. this and and, um, and you have to constantly take, let's say your medicine in that way. Yeah. Um, I, I'm thinking more along the lines of how yoga comes into psychology and it's really a prevention uh, model. Mm. And then additionally, it's an empowerment model that mm. um, it's something that you can't forget and that you continue to continue to make progress individually and that you'll come and sit with uh, someone like me or other guides that maybe you have in your life and, and then flourish on independently. 
Um, I don't think the work is always done in the office. I think it's really how I apply it. So, mm. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I do, you know, I do work at a recovery center as a wellness director through the lens of yoga. And um, it is such a beautiful way to lead people home to themselves, right? Yeah. 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 Because once they're there, like you said, they don't have, it's nice to come together at times, but they, you know, they can begin to learn like this incredible, intelligent earth suit that we're walking around in, right? Yeah. 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 You know, we need pressure every once in a while, just like I do. Uh, um, I think that's even what this uh, annual the Vermont Beach Tree Yoga Festival is really about. It's just a little refresher for all of us uh, that gather annually and raise the vibration and, and um, uh, come into collective consciousness of higher consciousness. And uh, I noticed that uh, in July, I was really uh, needing that. And now I feel so energized from it. Yeah. It's pretty cool how that, uh, how, so I think there's a real um, shift in, the vision of what we've been creating here from moving from daily community-based work to looking at how we can make larger impacts with big events uh, here on the farm and yeah. such as uh, Vermont Be True and also upcoming Bhakti Stock. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that's, yeah, our goal. <laughs> I, I think this is really a, a big way to support the effort and, um, and get a large amount of people to commit to a short amount of time and then go out and, and vibrate outwardly in that way. It's yeah. a, it's, it's a big impactful um, thing. When I first started my career, I was working in a substance abuse rehab and it was uh, day in day out doing lots of therapy and group therapy, which, which is really helpful. But I, I think there's these uh, inspirational community experiences that really can shift us and inspire us to then impact our community out, outwardly after you've attended them. And the Vermont Beach Yoga Fest and Bhakti Stock are two events that are really deep in spirituality, deep in, in health and wellness. And I think you could do a lifetime, if not a, a year's worth of, of therapy in, in, in that weekend. I feel like it really is impactful to see other people and be able to do that other work with other people around you and, uh, and, then, and then return it every year to that. It's something to really yeah. look forward to. I mean, I have to say, so it's, uh, let's just give everybody a little picture here. This is a 300 acre farm right? That your am I right? That your grandparents? Yeah, my grandparents and, owned the place. Yeah. Um, they immigrated here from Austria as refugees and um, to the United States and started a, a mechanic shop in Queens. And they missed the old country. Uh, mm -hmm. And they found Vermont and said, boy, it really reminded them. They're not the first to think like that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, then after they retired uh, up here, I quickly moved up here uh, to follow them. I really admire them. They're dear to me. Uh, best friends in all past lifetimes and grandparents in this one. Oh, um, and uh, since I've been supportive of them, I can't say I'm here to help them. They still tend to help me at 86 and 88. Uh, <laughs> wow. They don't make them like that anymore. Yeah. But uh, I think I'm starting to be of help to them as they're getting older. And I think they're quite inspired by the vision that we've created here at the farm, moving out of uh, beef cattle uh, farm, which it was, into mm. a holistic wellness, spiritual community and retreat. Um, 
So yeah, my, I, I, I feel like um, I've gotten recent downloads in meditation and, and uh, I did a quantum hypnosis with a dear friend of mine, uh, Kira Cryer, um, who, uh, where I, I had a deeper understanding of that uh, for lifetimes, I've been creating uh, spaces to celebrate consciousness and higher consciousness, to create spaces where uh, many experts can come together and practice this exchange information and then uh, go back out, refreshed, reformed, and, and, and impact the community. And uh, that's what we're doing right now, yeah. again, in lifetime. And it's really cool to have that re uh, remembering of the direction that we're in. Um, and uh, it's being affirmed constantly more and more as I continue to practice that I'm in the right direction and that that for sure hasn't always felt like that. Uh, but a life of service will bring you to the attitude of service will bring you to um, a fulfilled life and of direction for sure. And so uh, we tend to have this idea of my life is to consume things and how much of it I can consume. And this is also what happens in addiction. Uh, this is what that part of the mind wants to do. And, as we heard, the mind is a, a terrible master and a wonderful servant. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I think through yoga practice and the understanding of what service meant um, and what it does to us um, to be of service really has uh, sparked this whole experience here. And that it's, a, it's a really cool to be able to provide such a space for folks and really grateful to all the support from the community members to my partner Kyla my roommate Sean and um, my yeah. whole crew around me because uh, I definitely couldn't do it without all of them and, and my, my lovely family that um, I'm sure a few times they've thought uh, <laughs> what is he actually doing <laughs> what is he doing there <laughs> I think they finally on and they get it they're seeing the hundreds of people uh yeah. migrating here and, and, and leaving blissed out, leaving the land even cleaner and more blessed than, than it was when they came. So it's pretty cool. It's incredible. And I, you know, you radiate that out from your being and, um, you know, I'm sure it's been a progress to get where you are as it is for all of us, but it seems like, you know, if you build it, they will come kind of thing has happened there. And I think the energy and, um, you know, your intentions are really powerful and what's evolved there well, and let me yeah i mean i've been a few times and i have to say there's something very magical about being on the land there um i've had some really myself some pretty powerful spiritual accelerations i'll say um just from being in community there and being held on on that incredible land so i can't help but think that there's something really powerful that has been created there um yeah, you know, some you things know, I, can't really be explained. I'm just saying I, I felt it. I see it happen with so many people. And as these, I don't know, how many people attended the, the yoga retreat? We had about, about uh, just over 200, I'd say, this year. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. it's beautiful just for the people listening. People are tenting on the land. Um, you have, I know some, I don't know if people stayed in some of your cabins, but I know you have some on the land in a farmhouse that people can also rent rooms and yeah. space out of um and then in the barn as a yoga studio and a couple of rooms where you have a chiropractor on site right and there was massage well there was a whole healing hill which had yeah. <laughs> i don't know eight or ten or twelve different practitioners doing everything from um 
well, you can tell me, but I, I know there was massage, acupuncture, there was people doing readings, everything yeah. and anything, uh, right? You nailed, you nailed it. Yeah, you did great. <laughs> We're yeah. Gonna need you. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was it, it was amazing. I went to like a other uh, words and there were different there was yoga, as you all listening might think of yoga, like doing asana practice. But there was also all kinds of different offerings. You could have hiked through the woods and identified mushroom, medicinal mushrooms. Um, I went to a Leo circle, woman's circle that was incredibly powerful um, and you know, the, you can check out on the site because you're selling tickets for next year, right? Already um, at a discounted price, but anyone that wants to come together in community. And I, I really just want to pause also. And there was chanting and drumming and there was a, there was cooking and there was fires and chanting around the fire. It's just such a beautiful, respectful space. Um, even if you just came and just wandered around and didn't participate in anything, you would um you would benefit immensely yeah well um you know you mentioned something important i think it's their misconception just like we have of uh, like we the mind tends to stigmatize things and mm -hmm. its intention is to make us feel maybe safer or more in control but uh it it, it tends to create separateness and uh, yoga is the practice of oneness and this is all mm -hmm. it is Everything else is uh, just additional caveat, just like mm -hmm. the asana practice. It's not meant for you to look good. It's secondary benefit. You will look good after mm -hmm. practicing asana for years. You'll be vibrant, but it's really the practice of controlling the mind. And when we soothe the body and control the mind and separate ourselves from the mind, then we could access this higher information and knowing and be very connected to spirit, love, source, God, whatever, you, however you want to define it. And really, this has gotten very clear through the practice. Uh, obviously, I was introduced through um, through asana. I went to the Shivananda Ashram and practiced there where I did uh, my mantra initiation and received the name Rama. Mm -hmm. um, but th this is just, uh, you know, Patanjali speaks about this, that it's the, the, the practice of movement and breath is to liberate us to access uh, uh, control over the mind and then uh, obtain um, if anything, moments of samadhi or enlightenment, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and you know that's a, that sounds very wow, or maybe it sounds foofy. And really, what is it doing neurologically? So this is what all neuroscience is really pointing towards now. Um, it's it's an alliance with what this ancient philosophy was talking about, and through controlling our nervous system, through our breath, and through movement, uh, not stagnation we're able to uh, move trauma or change perception and access uh, cognitions in a different way. And it helps us keep the wisest part of our mind in control, our prefrontal cortex, and keep that online. Um, and really look at stress and, and these attachments uh, and how they pull us out of that part of the brain. And uh, this is just the practice of, of really um, dismantling that and learning how to stay in your most optimal form and self uh, uh, and, uh, and then, and then be involved in the world in that way. is just a beautiful way. It's a more peaceful place um, because the, the, the mind is um, often like a wild horse that just needs a little bit of TLC and direction. And it really loves doing uh, what it's doing. Mm -hmm. Um Something that there's nothing wrong with a wild horse, but uh, <laughs> some challenges in this world, at least. Mm -hmm. 
for yeah. sure. It's not ever going to be without struggle, right? That's part of being human. But coming yeah. into that space through the lens of yoga is a really beautiful place to, to come. I'm just so grateful for yoga because it's really something that's helped me with yeah. uh, mental health. Um, you know, I'm definitely not far removed from, if anything, I, I even try to share that with clients that, oh, you're, you're, you're always going to have uh, the feelings of depression or times of anxiousness or emotions and sadness. It's, uh, the whole premise is not to remove these things. And these are wonderful indicators for you to return to your practice to help manage and regulate that. Um, and navigate through it because without those indicators, uh, we would not really be able to understand the world and see what works or doesn't work for us. Or uh, we wouldn't be able to leave unhealthy relationships or jobs and experiences. So it's so important to be able to listen to the body and understand its message and listen to the mind being the witness of the mind's experience and not think that we're being, uh, not, not be completely consumed by by its experience. And that's what, again, yoga practice meditation is really intended for. And what the geniuses before us, uh, you know, passed it down to us so we could continue this through generations and, uh, and, and put forth the effort of, uh, of changing the world in this way. You know? Yeah, it's incredibly powerful um, <clears throat> practice to step into and and I think that idea that you're saying of being able to hold witness a little more, like first it's cultivating that awareness, right? Like I think of that more around the lens of mindfulness, right? It gives us first the ability to begin to observe yeah, or, you know, or meditation, you know, being able to the observe our wandering mind. Yeah. The witness is present. The witness is present and is not too concerned about the future or the past and doesn't like to dwell or ruminate, uh, you know, and this is what mindfulness is. The gold is right here. Yeah. The gold is right here. And when we practice mindfulness uh, and practices like this that help us be mindful, um, then we're able to see that this is the, this is the treasure. Um, you know, even the Bible talks about the kingdom on earth or the kingdom of heaven is on earth. Um, if you follow the Lord and it wasn't talking about necessarily, you know, walk behind Jesus, but like practice what I'm practicing, you know, practice my yoga and you're going to experience this heaven, this experience of bliss on this earth. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's really cool to, you know, in my short life this far, I'm, I'm understanding that on a deep level. I feel it at times. And then I need reminders. And I'm really grateful to my community and the yoga community and people like you too that uh, remind me of to stay with my practice and continue to soften my edges and work through my traumas. And, and uh, you know, even practicing the, the, the name Rama is not for me to sit higher than anyone, but rather sit up straight. Uh, <laughs> mm, mm. can you speak to people that might not be aware when you're given a spiritual name like rama can you talk to to that and how you got that particular name yeah. so in the yoga tradition there's these internal attributes that are reflected as deities uh, there are different, you cannot approach the philosophy the same way we see it as monotheistic or Christian God. Um, we want to look at it as these are 
more like qualities of the human that have been created into characters, kind of like how we have the X-Men or, uh, or uh, you know, other superheroes that we've idolized. So that's what they are. They're, they're superheroes, but they're really these human uh, parts of us. Um, and they all resemble certain things like Krishna is this sweetness, this dear divine love that's within us. And that's a, that's an ability that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Rama is, is this um, stubborn warrior that, uh, that learns to soften and integrate with the divine feminine as he is the divine masculine and, uh, uh, and practice devotion to that path of being a, 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 an appropriate man. And, that's, uh, I think when I was at the ashram, the Swami nailed me. I, I was trying to, I want to be sweet like Krishna. And that was, that was the truth. And, and that's why I practiced the Rama mantra as a mm. way to control the mind and mm. fill the mind with that mission. Um, it's similar as in EMDR, it's the resource, just like you would use, I use with certain clients, uh, they're, Pokemon or their Spider-Man or whatever it is that you access that and you use it as a resource, as a lens to see and perceive the world through. And it's, it's a wonderful practice. So I think they were onto something and this is kind of similar to what uh, EMDR has done. You can hear the horses right now. So this is my, my um, interpretation, of course. So there may be some that would disagree with me. Um, you know, definitely want to honor that this is an Indian practice and uh, uh, deeply influenced and given by the Hindu culture. And uh, I'm always uh, learning from people from India and of the Hindu culture more and more about um, these deities and what they mean to them. And uh, I I think uh, I just love being a student of it. But this is how it's been interpreted by me and how I've utilized it. Mm -hmm. Um, Something I return to and I'm constantly still learning about. It's funny how the script here about the story of Rama really reflects a lot of my own shit in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I hate when that happens. You know? <laughs> I know. That darn mirror, that mirror of yeah. our soul and our being. Yeah, yeah. well, that's really, it, it's, I, this is one of the things I love about um, being in community in this way and having been able to embrace yoga in my life and the divine um, through that lens you know, and I've worked in academic medicine for years, which is really edgy, you know, and it's really very much the opposite of having an open, kind, loving heart, you know, which is weird, right? It's medicine. You would think that love would be That's the first thing. What's that? <laughs> That's not ethical, and yeah, that's poor boundaries, right? <laughs> we we're taught. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. I mean, it's been so much deconditioning for yeah. for me to relax around um, being being who I am, right? Um, after having to show, you know, we all have hats we wear and ways we show up. But for me, particularly, I'm in radiology. It's a very male dominated field. Mm. You know, it's been. Um, it's been a beautiful unfolding for me uh, to be able to try to not only it shifted me, but then to bring it in um, to the places that I work and um, show that that's, that's a way forward that we can embrace. And not only, I mean, it's over the last, I've worked for like 35 years in that um, capacity. And, and I, and when I found mindfulness, I was just like, wait a minute, like, (laughs) 
<laughs> Why isn't everyone practicing this? Um, you know, and I very much tried to bring it in to and weave it in as much as possible. And it and it's changing. I can see the arc changing in healthcare, but you know, that's such a hot mess. I don't even really want to get into that right now. But um, <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm moving out into a different arena now, and then that's my time to do that. And um, and that's also why I am so my heart opens so much to see beautiful communities of people coming together. Um, that as you said, not only can like build that um, vibration with each other, but then go out in all of our lives and bring that out and hope to ripple that out, right? Because it's almost like our tanks have been filled up a little bit, right? By each other. That's the intention. Yeah. That's yeah. Why we need you know, in, the eight, in the foundations for wellness, I create uh, eight pillars and this is through the points of yoga. And this is also a good introduction to how, why maybe mindfulness isn't so always catching on as fast because it's challenging to be mm-hmm. full of the mind. So how do we create the mindset or the seat for the mind to be mindful? And this is through these practices. Um, and pr- the primary one is movement, mobility, or asana. Number two is pranayama or breath practice. These two in particular set the mind to be mindful. So through movement and breath practice, mm-hmm. you could actually practice mindfulness, just mm-hmm. naturally more mindful. It's, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is the resting and recovery practice. If you're fatigued, irritated, and tired, you're not letting your body have certain integration of rest and recovery especially neurologically, like through practices like IRS Yoga Nidra, um, then you can't be mindful. Uh, it's Coffee isn't going to help you there. You know? uh, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, n- number four is the practice of uh, diet and consumption. And this isn't just food or, uh, or, or water, let's say, but it's also what information and how I consume information. Um, so I want to be mindful of that. And when I have a purified, uh, uh, mind through food, water, and information and, and being more, uh, conscious of what I'm consuming there, that the mind can be more mindful. Mm-hmm. Number five is meditation and actually mindfulness practice, but it's number five. Uh, you've, you've, you've set up yourself to get to place of mindfulness. And after I practice mindfulness, now I could do number six, where I can start practicing positive thinking philosophy and i can integrate then more of this into my life this is kind of where even cognitive behavioral therapy and therapy actually evolve so i I don't like even starting the therapy with somebody until we've worked through let's say one through five and you've you've learned to practice this mindfulness practice and set yourself up to be mindful then number seven is the practice of self or autonomy you have to do this on your own you're not gonna uh, wait for all your friends to join you or uh, you know, um, and that tends to be what the thing is. I want company to do something. And I love that the yoga festival this year, I saw lots of people who showed up solo and they left with friends. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it's about. Because number eight is community and relationships. Mm-hmm. So through doing this independent work, you transform your community and relationships and reintegrate into new community. And generally our community is based around our trauma. So I inherit my community. Mm-hmm. And then I say, I can't get out of these relationships. I can't break these codependent trends when this is a pathway out of it. It's leading to mindfulness. And then also, how do I have the the, uh, autonomy to reintegrate into a healthier new community? And this is really what you experienced in 
microcosm at the festival where we're going through all these workshops fall into these categories. All the services are these forms of yoga or holistic service. For instance, massage, that falls under uh, category three of rest and recovery. Wonderful practice for the, yeah. the, for the cells and for the body and all these different forms. So we, we, uh, this is kind of what we've created at our center. This is what my therapy uh-huh. practice has evolved into, looking at these eight foundations and how then this helps with trauma because the body is more prepared than to uh, process or reprocess oh, the trauma. Yeah. It's like you make the fertile soil, right? Or the strong foundation, right? I yeah. love that. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And, and then this goes into much detail. I mean, we could get into the gut health underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And there's all those things. (laughs) All those things. You spend an hour on that. But this is really the framework of even our chiropractor, Dr. Bonnie. She looks at, okay, when I experience someone having a spine issue, it's not, let me crack you, adjust you, and send you out. So, what are you doing in these areas of your work? Um, Our yoga practice really talks about this. Our our massage therapist knows about this. So, our team is really rounded in this. I love um, that. And now, uh, now we also are introducing this. How do you integrate this into your, your corporate company? How do you introduce this into your school? Um, and I, we've, we've done this with, we've collaborated with lots of other places like schools and, and, um, and corporations where, okay, That's this great. is the foundations and how can you integrate this into your, 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 your company's um, culture, yeah. your school's culture and, uh, and, and how this will help with productivity. And I definitely always hear that we don't have time for that. Or yeah. we don't have the budget for it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, that's, 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 uh, it's valid, but uh, I think this is worthwhile investment and you'll see that the uh, turnaround is, is, is significant. Yeah. I think the last few years have gotten people to a different place around that as far as, well, a lot of people are a little at loss in companies and how to, as leaders, who are themselves struggling a little bit, you know, as many people are um, from a mental health perspective, or even just this idea like that we're so connected through technology, but loneliness is like at an all time high right now. You know, I think all these things that people are grappling with are, are making people realize they need, they do need to make this the found the wellness of their employees, like, the foundation of the culture they create, you know, or they're beginning to understand it's a paradigm shift for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I think a lot of larger companies um, I've heard of are, are really getting this and they're investing in the health of their, yeah. their, but as we see in Vermont, small business really struggles and we see a lot of burnout in small business or let's say uh, sectors like the education system. Yeah. Uh, the, um, the teachers and faculty are significantly burned out. The hospital system is ancient. Yeah. It seems like, and it's in the hospital. We're supposed to be practicing wellness here, but we, yeah. I see more nurses that are burnt out and unhealthy and struggling with addiction than, than ever. Yeah. And uh, I think it's if how can we integrate if it's not the foundations, at least holistic wellness into people's lifestyles and we'll see them flourish yeah. and grow and be motivated and uh, um, e- even be more invested in what they're doing or at least shift their career and get out of the out of their own way. And right. not right. that, yeah. that isn't serving them or let alone not serving others because they're yeah. in the wrong place. Yeah. So often the uh, helping practitioners 
that um that you really you, you, you're not using yourself you're staying in this for the wrong reasons yeah um, i mean i see it the mindfulness will bring you there when you free yeah. the mind of, of its attachment you'll get there and how do we do this how do we control the mind well this is this is what these past gurus and and uh, this practice of yoga has really been here for it's what it's all about yeah oh, that's really wonderful i love I, I really do love that um i think some people get uh to, to step into mindfulness it's a yeah, I, I like how you, you're built up to it. Anyway, I think that's really very beautiful. I also wanted to acknowledge um, that I saw on your site that you have a couple weeks you do with youth or teens. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up. Um, my dear friend Sean Perry has a wonderful company that I remember years ago through working with him in a, a children's home. Um, we had discussed the challenges around. Um, what's happening in our youth. And uh, he was very inspired and created We Are Hope, uh, a nonprofit organization that brings mental health and anxiety coaching into the schools mm. where a student has a half hour per day uh, uh, with their coach that doesn't work for the school, that works only for them, just like a therapist would or, or your own life coach and helps them navigate the challenges and growing pains uh, and pressures and stress of school. Mm. Um, and then Sean and I were discussing, well, what happens in the summertime when these, in particular, underprivileged kids who can't go to camp and what happens to their parents who can't, they've been relying on school to take care of their children so they could work. Uh, we have to create a camp. So um, Sean created this uh, camp that is $25 a day for mm -hmm. kids to attend. And it's here on the farm where we integrate uh, he has his own framework of cognitive behavioral based and trauma informed practices like teamwork uh, building activities and trust building. Yeah. Activities. And then he's also integrating some of the stuff that we do here with uh, uh, yoga practice, movement, breathing practices. We have our uh, equine work that we do here. And mm. so that's what the camp is really all about. And that's uh, the upper Valley youth wellness uh, retreat. And we've done that now. This is our third summer. Yeah, that's incredible yeah and that's through july yeah. it's so affordable it, yeah. it's it's just a beautiful mission he gets grants and other supports um to, to make does it he possible. have was is it well attended yeah we had 100 children there uh, through through the three weeks um awesome. very well attended and uh you know it's, it's a wonderful collaboration that's again you can't do it all we have the space we have the framework and now we're collaborating with other yeah. visionaries that are looking yeah. to do this work. And that's, again, what the Vermont Beecher Yoga Festival is about or Bhakti Stock is about. It's about collaborating with other practitioners and uh, making our dreams come true and manifesting what yes. is needed in our culture, because this is towards the grander effort. And I keep using this word effort. You, you know, and we all know, if we think about it, what is the effort? And we have different definitions of this, but this is really what it's about. It's rising yeah. consciousness. It's building peace on this planet so we can yeah. live as healthy community. And there's a lot of separateness and suffering that's gone on and yeah. it's going on right now. And that could, you know, potentially there's some powers that be that are trying to support that separateness, but mm -hmm. also, um, you know, we're raising consciousness. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're increasing our numbers and, through things like this, through making it available and accessible to children, 
through making it available and accessible in companies, through making it available through sliding scale offerings like we do at the Vermont Beach Yoga Festival. Um, making that we, we sponsor uh, every ticket sold, we try to match oh, and, wow. and, uh, and sponsor somebody to come. I think we had about 40 attendees that got sliding scale or scholarship to the, that oh, nice. would never been able to even think that I could afford a, a, a festival. That's something privileged people do. Mm. So, that's yeah, and I, I think we're, we're only touching the, the surface. I'd love to get more involved into other diverse communities um, and make a bigger impact, even um, inner city communities. I'd love to bring yeah. uh, to this uh, practice and integrate folks up here so they can enjoy the, the space mm. uh, and the space mind that the space offers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you, you know, it's a. Uh, a lot to share but i think you could interpret what what is happening here yeah i think you've painted a nice unfolding of the picture that's happening and do you feel um you know a lot of people that listen are you know really trying to find like what you know why am i here what am i supposed to be doing with this lifetime you know and finding meaning and purpose in their journey and um do you think that there was a point, was there a jumping off point for you or was there a point that the clarity just came or like when you know you're in the lane or you know that your, your lights aligned? Um, I don't know. Like, do you have anything to offer in that way as far as knowing when you're on course? Well, for me to answer it as if it's something permanent would be Mm. quite ego based. Mm. I think it's rather I'm always falling off and then back into the the knowing Mm. and uh, really um, this idea of service is what it's about. When Mm -hmm. you live a life of service, it doesn't mean that I don't take a day off Mm -hmm. because or I don't I don't take care of myself. I don't go ride my mountain bike because I need to do those things. If I'm healthy and strong, then I'm going to be able to be of more service. Right. But it's looking at the lens of being of service, not through consuming. We uh, Many of us do things out of money or do things out of what I could obtain from it. And I promise you, you obtain plenty of riches and sustainability through being of service mm-hmm. and living that. So how can I live into what I love to do most and be of an impact of service to other people. And if the world looked at it this way, we definitely live a different lifestyle yeah. and have a yeah. culture. There's um, an element of trust. Do you not believe that there's an element of trust of letting go, right? And allowing. Um, well, that- this is the, 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 what the mind does. So we have to grapple with the mind. The mind doesn't want to let go. It doesn't mm-hmm. like to trust. It doesn't believe in this, but when we practice, this is also what addiction is about. Addiction is not the problem. It's the mind that's the problem that's having the addiction issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. not your spirit. Your spirit is not addicted to uh, mm-hmm. to any of that. So uh, for sure, there's this trust, but trust is such an abstract understanding. It's something you have to feel. Mm-hmm. So we have to work through the body and through the uh, kind of clearing out of the attachments that the mind has to be able to trust in and understanding this. It, it takes a little time for sure. Yeah. But again, the mentality of being of service, I think is a, is a kernel. Yeah. Um, and you can still be working in the stock market and how I could be of service there. That's a mentality, right? Yeah. It's not to make yourself a millionaire. You will be a millionaire, but how can you be of service? And that's going to create sustainability it's going to create uh, lots of wealth, a great team around you. 
Uh, you'll become that, the expert. You'll become the person that people come talk to you about for advice. Um, so you can still be very successful in this physical realm or world mm. of, uh, of capitalism and, and consumerism. Uh, but uh, you're less interested even in uh, the consuming, which makes you even more full, more mm. content, uh, more patient, mm. uh, more compassionate, uh, a wonderful leader in that way. Uh, so it's also, it's all through service. And yeah. um, I think that really is, is my advice. And, and it'll, it'll wax and wane. The seasons affect us. The moon maybe affects us. I mean, all these things affect us. Yeah. So we need to create community. So when I'm having a rough day, Mary, you could remind me and vice versa. Yeah. Well, I think there's a, that's beautiful. Thank you for um, yeah. coming in from such a deep, clear place around these things that we do. Um, you know, there's, and I, I wanted to touch on this a little bit about some conditioning that we all have, right? Especially you mentioned in the closing ceremony, you spoke a little bit about, um, you, you were actually thanking all the women for being there, but also thanking those that identify as men being there also. Um, and I do, I know I've taught, I have a lot of people on this podcast. We talk a lot about all that's changing um, and all we're stirring up and in, in deconditioning and, in, in, you know, loosening up our, our one linear way of viewing everything from gender to, you know, all of our social um, equity. Uh, all this creates a lot of separateness, all these de definitions. Yeah, yeah. But I do think I just, um, and sometimes I have a hard, I'm, you know, I'm in this, this body. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I... I appreciate, but feel a little bit at a loss, especially I have three teenage boys in my house, right? And I have, uh, um, I'm married to my husband and who I met when I was 16. And, you know, we've seen a lot of changes in our life. And, and you know, through my practice, I have become more, let's say, flexible in mind and body, right? To be able to be curious about a lot of it. But I see the struggle with a lot of um, men in my life um that are trying to find a way to be with the change and let go of some of the the armor some of the ways they feel they've been expected to show up right and how it's hard that vulnerability is hard that that you know trusting and letting go all the things we've been talking about i think it's hard for many of us but i do think sometimes that masculine energy is a little a little more challenging so i just didn't yeah. know if you had anything to share an encouragement <laughs> in that way. Right. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's redefining masculine energy. The masculine energy is not an asshole. It's not a, a muscle head or it's not ignorant. It's not sexist. It's not chauvinistic. It does far from it. it. It is the protector and it's within all of us. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's it has a nurturing and wise and patient um, quality uh, that, uh, and it's very strong. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a junior in my spiritual practice still, but I'm definitely softening my edges and, uh, recognizing how much of, um, toxic man I have been in my past and how many people I've hurt. Um, and I, I think it's really, you're, you don't have to give up being a man in any way, uh, uh, to be a better man. 
uh, or to even be enter into this practice, I think we need to really re- redefine being what loving, compassionate, uh, kind is. It doesn't mean that you're not a man. You could do that as a man. And we know many men like this. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, we're in a generation of countless generations behind us that men were manipulated and taught and to objectify uh, women and let alone themselves that we're tools for specific reasons like work um, and to abuse our physical bodies. And Mm -hmm. we're terribly hurt inside from this Mm -hmm. when we need the same amount of nurturing and love from uh, the mother, if that's the planet, if that's, if that's from female form or even just from a partner, uh, um, uh, male, female, and, or other, Um, you know, I, I, I think it's really getting back to, redefining and and healing the past generations uh, trauma and definitions of what a man is. And uh, uh, we've got it pretty uh, mixed up. I mean, I still forget. I still Mm -hmm. make a debacle of that. I, um, especially when I maybe am rude or I lose my cool, but it's how fast can I return Mm -hmm. to to love? It's not how I'm going to be always loving. That's, that's something I'm, you know, in this, as a lay person, um, I don't live that monastic lifestyle, maybe where it's easier, but uh, how fast can I recover and move the ego out of the way and move that toxic masculine traits out of the way and return to uh, ownership and softness and love and forgiveness. And at the same time, standing tall and righteous in what I believe and being a protector and advocate and even uh, maybe pushing you to be the greatest version of yourself. Uh, um, and, you know, those are great masculine traits. Um, and again, I think I, I, I more and more understanding this, even this definition of male and female and the feminine and masculine, and mm. uh, it creates separateness. It, it, it creates a lot of separateness. I don't, we don't have to even get into that discussion of toxic masculine or toxic feminine stuff that's going on in our culture when we move into the oneness of humanity and how we behave. There's no uh, difference in how uh, we should act or be of service to each other. It's not defined by either of those qualities or, uh, or, or, or discernments or discrimination qualities so again this practice of yoga is is that's what it's talking about not to get mixed up in in um that uh that discrimination yeah thank you which we see our whole world does right it's this how do you fix the masculine problem it's the same thing as how we fix the racism problem how we fix the sexist problem and how do we fix all these problems it's it's through practices of oneness and removing these labels and boundaries and borders and in that respect yeah yeah it's so um yeah i mean it's so simple <laughs> just not easy <laughs> how do you get the word out how do we create the time out period for everybody to take a workshop <laughs> you know i know everybody it's happening now I know. We we just keep asking people to dip their toes in the water. And, you know, that's what I, right. We just plant seeds and. We have to recognize too, this body and brain, the mind is flawed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing creation, but it's, it's, it's going to make mistakes. It's Mm -hmm. far perfect. And you can guarantee it's going to make mistakes. I'm the first one to recognize that. Yeah. And it's really, again, how fast can I come back to self or spirit? and uh and and reintegrate with love 
Yeah. I think that's, that's the practice. Like yeah. how fast yeah. can I recover? And it's just like the, in addiction, it's a, a, a relapse is, is you obtaining more and more information and opportunity to return to love and yeah. the synthesis of the practice of getting into love. It's part of it. it a relapse is going to be part. It doesn't give you permission to go, oh, I'm going to go relapse. That's a good plan, but it's really, it's a, it's a lesson. And the, more and more you do this and the more and more you're dedicated to healing yourself mm-hmm. um, the more and more those relapses will be very clear that uh, this mm-hmm. is not of you it's not part of you it's not something you need um, and it's it's less about even the substance and it's more about how do i control the mind because we'll shift from substance to substance we'll go from sex to drugs and rock and roll and and avoidance and anger and all these other things um it's the mind you know, yeah. it's really not the mind. So again, those this this uh, the, the discrimination, just like masculine, feminine, or opiates and alcohol, and it's it the treatment is the same. Yeah. Or I mean, even and we all fall off our surfboards. It's just different things that are pushing us off, right? I mean, I feel like yeah. relapse recovery can apply to being a human. Yeah. Right. Whether it's substances or just you know yeah. the the gut microbiome that we're talking about, I mean, you know, um, it, and I think if we can de-escalate it and normalize it a little bit and take, you know, make people might step out from behind their shame a little more. Now, I love the commercials that I see. Uh, uh, do you struggle with addiction? Do you, do you have anxiety or depression? Like, don't we all? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Let's just say we all do, you know, yeah. um, because then half of us are going, I don't want to admit to that. I don't, want to be, I don't have that. Yeah. If you don't have any challenges with mental health, then you have a mental health problem. I know. Sure. I, I just, you know, when, um, when about 10 years ago and when my daughter, um, she became a heroin addict and our world sort of turned upside down and, um, the, the four children I'm raising are, are hers and it's been a journey. And, but when it first came, I was, happened. I was so full of shame, you know, I mean, she'd struggled for a while, but we didn't know what we didn't know, you know, until she told us and couldn't keep her life together. Um, but the shame of like, you know, a good mother would not have let her daughter become a heroine, like all those things, right. Came rushing in for me. And it was a while before I could really even, except I was had four kids in tow. So I couldn't really hide what was happening, but I really took me a while. Just, um, first of all, my heart was hurting a lot for her, but, um, when I did start to share, um, and, you know, having worked in healthcare, I was like, I can't, why are we not taught when I realized how prevalent it was, I was like, why are, why are we not talking about this? Like, it's like, everyone knows someone, but we are all acting like it's not happening. And so that to me has been part of my journey is like to be able to say that, you know, this is how the brain works. This is our dopamine system, right? This is uh, how the slide works and the pull works. And let's just talk about it in a way that we can maybe build these pillars, like these foundations and let our kids, you know, I can at least have honest conversations with this generation of children that I'm raising, right? So that we know um, there are ways to build that foundation so that when when it happens, whatever that is, um, we know we have the tools and we know it's part of being human, you know? I, I can't agree with you more. And, and this brings up an interesting experience for me too. It's like, what was the benefit? 
what has what has how has her experience been a guru or a guide for you in your life let's say oh, I mean, it's a yeah. rhetorical but obviously you you could you could get into that but this is uh, you know there's people that suffer for us there's people that die for us and there's people that live for us in this life and it's what we actually create out of these substantial traumas and now we've removed this idea of trauma trauma is alleviated when we're able to redefine it and that's in the body and the cellular level and it's in the consciousness and, and, and in the cognitive level. So, I mean, th- what a wonderful opportunity that you've had in your life to raise your daughter's children. And mm-hmm. it is the probably one of the most fulfilling and challenging things you've ever gone through. But yeah. we thank your daughter for this experience and the suffering yes. that she's gone through has then offered also her children an enlightened perspective. And then a, even a grandmother that has this perspective and then has this show or a a, a podcast that she shares and has devoted her life to. I mean, wow, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the suffering. (laughs) The suffering is here to teach us Mm -hmm. about all this. It's, uh, you know, the Buddhists say it's inevitable. Suffering is part of life, but they didn't mean it to be a downer. They meant it as a teacher to understand that. How can we create meaning from that suffering? For instance, we lose someone, the grieving experience, what does it mean? It means you love so deeply, you love so powerfully, and it takes some help to move into that. And that's why we miss these people that we've lost or or why we feel so sad or bad towards Mm -hmm. people. Well, wow. Yeah, the suffering is because you love. It's its counterpart. Yeah. 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 To return to it is important. Yeah. Well, thank you for using that as a beautiful example. And you know who, um, you know, Kelly Skinner, she's the one that said, well, that's kind of your karmic two by four. <laughs> uh, she is great. I love Kelly. She's a hammer. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what, a divine, what a divine spark she is. Um, so yes. lucky to know her. And her yeah. practice uh, reminds me uh, always to be of service and, and to remember that, that, that karmic experience. Karma is not good or bad. I like that this was shared with me and maybe there's other people that would disagree and understand karma differently, but rather it leads us to our Dharma, our -hmm. truth. And if we can look at that, we can make sense and meaning of a lot of challenges. And this is what we discuss a lot in we're moving through the foundations for wellness um, in our practice of uh, of, of positive thinking and then also in the autonomy practice that we really look at how do I create meaning yeah um, and, and that. yeah yeah that's really beautiful and it does you know I mean I guess I've shared it enough on the podcast for people that listen but it doesn't come um, necessarily as we think it should right like I went oh. kicking and screaming believe me oh. <laughs> this was not my plan <laughs> I broke out handcuffs and all other sorts of things. <laughs> but if, sure. I, if that ever happened to me, you know, I remember uh, uh, my grandfather, I was so mad at him. He, I was living in an apartment of his in Queens and I was doing graffiti. And uh, this is where I grew up and I was expressing myself. I look back at how, oh, wow, wow, I was really trying to express my trauma. I wasn't conscious then. And uh, he let the detectives into my into my apartment. They got a lead on me, and he let them right in. When obviously you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to get a lawyer, right? And he wouldn't let me even call a lawyer. He said, "You're going with these guys." And I was so bad at him. I didn't talk to him. I sat in central bookings for however long, and I, you know, I went through the whole thing, and um, I did my retribution, and, and um, 
and service and, and community service and other things. But uh, uh, I didn't talk to him for a while until mm-hmm. I saw I have to let time pass and I could, I had to remove the ego. And then I moved up to Vermont and I thanked him. I said, I'd never be here. Mm-hmm. I never would have found yoga. I would never be doing uh, psychology. I'd never be working in a rehab. I'd never be working with uh, people on uh, furlough uh, if I hadn't gone through that experience. And if you had bailed me out of it and that, then I would have never learned. So the suffering mm-hmm. had actually brought me to where I was. And you have to be open to that. Like to ask the suffering, what are you here to teach me? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's the key. There's the kernel. Yeah. It's, it's right. there. So that's yeah. a little like a snapshot of what I've gone through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Soul evolution happening. It gets a little accelerated by those experiences, I would say. And you're you're right. I am grateful for it. And not in all moments. I have teenagers. No, so. <laughs> no but, it's but return to it. It's the returning to it. The knowing. Yeah. 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 We're great at natural forgetting. Humans do that. We're, we have yeah. natural. For- That's why I'm covered in tattoos. I forget how much it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So true. So let's, um, such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much. Um, I look at, so, and I invite everyone to look at your website at Meldell farm. Meldell farm. Wellness. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have that in our show. What's that? It's always in progress. If someone doesn't understand something they're looking for, please just reach out to us. You know, we're we're a a young crew, just figuring it out. And we love feedback. We're, We're really here to offer holistic wellness. We have uh, mental health um, mental health practice here between Kyla Suarez and myself. And we have a few affiliate practitioners that we really trust. Uh, each of us do EMDR and mm-hmm. believe in holistic wellness. Um, in addition, uh, we have our chiropractor here. We do body work. We have energy healers here. Um, and then we host a handful of trainings and, and retreats here at the farm, uh, along with our uh, festivals where next year we'll be having rainbow fest which oh. is lgbtq plus um wellness festival uh nice. here in june and uh we'll return with our seventh annual vermont be true yoga nonprofit fundraiser nice. uh, and it will be our third bhakti stock this is our second one at the end of the month there's still tickets available for that for this exclusive event of sacred music uh what a wonderful experience uh, also, all of our events and our retreat is a sober space where we're not uh, supportive of the uh, utility of alcohol here uh, in particular, which many venues, uh, you know, make quite a profit off of. Mm-hmm. So we're not interested in integrating uh, alcohol here at the venue, which is really cool yeah. and also keeps uh, um, a lot of us in better behavior when we're when we're gathering. Yeah. Um, just behavior so that's a lot of what's going on we do have our seven cabins that we offer for retreats through uh, hip camp and airbnb we have our retreat house that's year-round available to also be rented and utilized as a retreat space we have our lovely sauna here which i can't get enough of i lead hot and cold therapy through our sauna Uh, there's lots of great research around that and then we're developing some mountain bike trails out of a passion of ours and wellness passion of ours to help uh, communities of underneath and underprivileged groups access. Our hope is to access mountain bikes, equipment, which is very privileged to, to be able to yeah. obtain, and also a trail system that supports that on the farm. Along with hiking we have here and the lakes right down the road, um, 
We do stand-up paddleboard rental. We just do a bunch of fun stuff. Yeah, so much yeah. going on. I will say I was really grateful for that lake this this oh year. My God. It was so perfect. hot the weekend. It was great. You could just go down and jump in and cool off. Yeah. The brook wasn't running this year. We hope that we no. get some rain and that brook running again. It's so special. Yeah, I know. The, the water's low. But I've had the privilege of being in that sauna last uh, fall, and that was amazing. And the, and the water was running, and it was so fun to go back and forth and all these beautiful little twinkle lights through the woods. It's just, yeah. oh, it's a magical experience, really. I, I, wanna, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the caretakers and stewards of the land before us, the indigenous tribes that that originally found this place and treated it with much greater sanctuary and honor than, and than our culture has. Mm. Um, it was stripped of them. And I'm glad that we had, a uh, we have our representative here, Kat, she lives around the road and she was, uh, she was there at the festival and did our uh, ceremony there. Uh, I, I just want to recognize that I'm, I'm really a privileged white dude and I'm trying to share that and, and open up uh, this space uh, to those in need um, and be of some support in the best of our ability. Uh, I want to thank my family for supporting me around that. I want to thank um, my partner for standing by with me on that and also developing Vermont Be True, the nonprofit. That's Kyla Suarez's company. And uh, and then just all, I can't, there's so many friends. Uh, you all know who you are. If I haven't met you, then thank you to you too for how you will impact me when I do meet you. And um, uh, just it's so cool. It's so cool yeah. to be here, be at this place in this space. So I hope to have you all visit. I hope you come back, Mary. We do. Oh, I'm coming there. to Bhakti stock. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I'm ex- I can't wait like two weekends and then I get to come back. So let's yeah. say that's August 25th through 28th, right? It's like starts yeah. on a Thursday through Sunday. You can come for part of it or all of it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you could yeah. go to the website, uh, bhaktistock.com. Thursday yeah. night, uh, just uh, showing up, setting up. It's a big camp out. Friday is when the music starts up. Uh, and we go through Sunday. Um, it's a just this really unique and special event in honoring the bhakti practice of yoga, along with other sacred music. We have uh, Sean Johnson and the Wild Lotus Band coming. We have DJ Drez and his lovely wife joining. Um, we have uh, returning Garish and David Newman. The real Sean Glenn is coming. He performed at the uh, yoga festival. He's a phenomenal artist and, and dear friend of mine, uh, along with a handful of other uh, lovely yeah. practitioners. Kelly and the Kelly and the cartels. Kelly and the rock the house here. Yeah. I love to say this is one of our home festival tours. I'm so glad to have her and whole crew there. What a lovely yeah. bunch! Yeah, yeah, so great. We're all gathering in Richmond. It's um, Krishna's presentation day tomorrow. There. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to gather in the park in the town that Kelly and I live in anyway. Really so cool. that'll be fun. Um, and anyone that, uh, well, this isn't probably going to go out till Friday. So, um, but if we get it out before Thursday, <laughs> it's Wednesday now. So I don't know that that's going to happen, but um, we will get this out, spread the word for uh, Bhakti stock and all the wonderful work that you're doing. Rama West. It's just, uh, I'm really grateful. My path made, um, shown to your place so I could meet you and and we could be here together and um, be in service to spreading the power of yoga. Yeah. Yeah. And community. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as much as this technology is challenging and we'd all want to just like 
commune in person, I guess we're grateful that we have this technology to reach out and share. So Ram, thank Ram. you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thank, you. thank you. I usually do ask people how they stay resilient. That's part of the, you know, like my, my format, but I feel like I'm probably pretty clear. Like, but do you have, pra do you have a practice, a daily practice that you'd like to share that you might do every day that's, um, you know, it fluctuates. I need my roommates to definitely keep me on track and then I'm doing the same for them. Um, I move my body. I practice my breath. I chant and sing. I, um, I practice uh, 20 minutes of meditation on a good day. So we have a little satsang in our, in our, in our house, we light a candle, spend time meditating, nice. sing and chant. We read a little something uh, that's helpful for the mind and, and then we do our movement practice and then we eat right. So yeah. I, I mean, that's it. And if I could do that every day, if I could get it done in a half hour, if I have a whole hour and a half, that's wonderful too, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Makes a, a difference. We need to have a daily practice of devotion. Yeah. 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 We do. Devotion to the vessel that's holding the divine spirit. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, you got it.